Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker, and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me that women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women, and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. I want to explore society's attitude to age, and in particular, older women. I'm in my 60s and don't shy away from it. I'm always delighted to be told that I don't look my age, but honestly, what are we meant to look like in our 60s, 70s, 80s? Now, with age comes wisdom, hence my topic, which I am delighted to explore with two incredible wise women, Marion Stewart and Robin Galinsky. I have known them both for many years, but as they are both now based in the United States, this is my extremely elaborate way of introducing them to each other. Robin, meet Marion. Marion, meet Robin. Hooray! (laughs) Welcome, both of you. Let me first introduce the marvellous Marion Stewart. Marion is the author of Manage Your Menopause Naturally and 27 other books. She is a world-renowned healthcare expert and has helped tens of thousands of women around the world overcome PMS and menopause symptoms without using drugs or hormones. In 2018, she was awarded the British Empire Medal and was recognised as one of the 50 most inspirational women by the Daily Mail. Menopause, Marion, that's no fun, is it? Well, it can be fun. It just depends on your attitude. And what you want to be doing is laughing at yourself, not having other people laughing at you. Absolutely. And because laughter is a great way of improving your hormone levels anyway, isn't it? It is. You can, yes, you get an endorphin release, which makes you feel good. And there's lots of different ways that you can build laughter into your lifestyle, as you know. But unfortunately, (laughs) when you get to menopause, a lot of women lose their sense of humor. But we can talk a bit more about that later because they can't get it back again. (laughs) We certainly do. My second guest is Robin Galinsky who I first met at the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston, Massachusetts, back in 2009. She is the founder of Boston Comedy Chicks, which is a female comedy night and combines hilarity with a highly successful career as an executive communications coach with the Speech Improvement Company. Robin's book, Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time, was published earlier this year. Robin, welcome. Thank you very much. You're all about the storytelling and, and humour. So I guess I'm preaching to the converted as to whether work is fun for you. What, what do you reckon? I take the fun with me wherever I go. <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't sound very convincing there. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you've done is become our regional producer in America. Yes, yes. It's been, it was super fun. International Women's Day was awesome. We've done some great things together and hopefully many more. Absolutely. So, to our chat, so age, <laughs> that's slowly and painfully being reframed. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot more old women in the public eye. And I'd like to think, and obviously uh, Marion will put me straight on this, there's a lot more awareness about the side effects of ageing, including the menopause. Yet getting older is challenging and for all of us, even though I do believe that with age comes wisdom. So I'm, I'm going with the wise woman theme here. So, uh, Marion, what is, what is wisdom 
What do you think it is? Well, I think from my personal experience, it's accumulated knowledge over time and then listening to my intuition, learning about tuning into my intuition so that you make balanced judgments about things. And just to your point about older women, about 100 years or so ago, we weren't living much past 50. Yes. And so it didn't really matter. And now, obviously, we've got all these extra wonderful bonus years and we need to take care of ourselves and learn to have a sense of humor about aging. You can make longevity a great experience, but it's just important to keep being yourself and keep feeling wise so that you can actually maintain your self-esteem and do all the things that you are meant to be doing in this world rather than thinking you're old and withdrawing from the world. It's a very sobering thought that about women dying, you know, quite early on. I, I remember when my grandmother turned 60 and thinking how old she was. But, you know, now that's, that, there are so many of us in our 60s. Mm-hmm. Robin, what, what's your view of wisdom and age? So I I think it's one of the most amazing things to have is wisdom. And I remember as a child reading tons of biographies as if I could absorb a person's life mistakes and never make them myself. That was my my mission, right? So I, I can't stand repeating mistakes. So what I realized the beauty of aging is, is over time you see patterns, right? Yeah. You start to see things and you know exactly what's going to happen next. And not that, you know, you want to live in that either. You want to say, well, maybe it won't, but I'm pretty sure it's going to. And people think you're psychic. You're not psychic. You've just <laughs> been there, done that. My my husband says, S-O-S-D-D, same old shit, different day. So um, you you start to see things and know things. And, and there's a real confidence that comes from that because, you say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that because been there, done that. And I don't want to experience that again. And I'm running out of time, so I'm not going to waste it. Again, that's another brilliant perspective. And one of one of the things that occurred to me when I was preparing for our chat tonight is that we've got so much information now, literally at our fingertips. Thank you, Google. Um, and, the, and the landscape has changed in the way we accrue and, and gain knowledge. So... Will future generations have the same experience as us? Because, you know, I know, as you've just said, there, there are, it was at the feet of older women that I learned so much stuff when I first went into the workplace. Marion, what, what's your experience of that? Well, I think you've got, there are still a lot of women in the workplace who are older. And the midlife women, that sector, is the fastest growing sector in the workforce. And so there's lots, if they can stay keeping well and stay in the workplace, which not all of them manage, unfortunately, through lack of knowledge, then they can be there to mentor younger people. And I think you'll still have that continuum. And obviously it is important. But I think looking at the younger generation, a lot of them feel that maybe They've got access to Google, as you say, and all that information, and they don't necessarily need to get it from older people. I don't know what your experience is, but I think that there needs to be more communication amongst the different age groups rather than young people thinking that they're whizzy and they can do it all and older people thinking they're fizzing out and they've passed their sell-by date. They need to 
exchange their strengths and weaknesses so that they become one much wiser uh, as a as a combination. I wonder if the next generation revere wisdom in the same way that we did. I mean, Robin, what what do you think? Well, it's really interesting. I have two daughters that are millennials, and uh, I hear you on the Google thing, and they have all that, but they, smart ones, realize the Google can't give them what they need in real time, and that really everything boils down to, I would, I, I'll be very bold here and say that almost all, every problem on earth and every anxiety a human being has can be traced to a communication breakdown. Yeah. And I haven't had anybody prove me differently, and I haven't found anything different in anything, whether it's a product with customer service or a conversation with my kids. Communication breakdowns cause all the problems. Mm. And so it's interesting how people think that millennials can't communicate anymore, and they only communicate by a text, yet they're communicating more with more people more often than we ever did. So I'm not sure some of the assumptions are true. Uh, but I, I know that the smart millennials, and uh, not just my children, but other smart millennials I've come into contact with, actually do value um, our insight and our perspective because they're in a world where it's just overwhelming. Yeah. So yeah. when it's overwhelming, you look to the people who've lived longer, you know, and like we all have great stories about our grandmas and our grandpas. Right. I always you know I noticed that now, of course, because I became a grandma. So now I'm hypersensitive to people like my grandma had such a great influence over me. And I think, oh, yes, they do. The grandmas do. So I think it's that passing on of that wisdom, isn't it? And I, I again, I don't want to go harp too much on about sort of personal experience. But I know when I was, a, you know, coming up to having periods and things, I knew very little. Communication was very different then. And menopause, I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't I don't think I even knew what that was. And I, I, I'd like to think that our level of communication about those sort of things, I know, Marion, I know this is absolutely your field and the thing you've written about and is it is your life's work. But I do think that communication about all of that has improved hugely you know we do talk about period when I first started in comedy when I first started funny women up in 2002 you never talked about oh what did I, I we didn't talk about periods in comedy we certainly didn't talk about the menopause you barely got a woman coming out as gay but that is completely changed now so I do think communications are much bolder than they were would you agree, Marion? Yeah, no, I do think so. I, I think that we are talking about things more, but I think the big M word has yet to be talked about and um, really brought out of the can of worms. It's still got a <laughs> lot of stigma attached to it. And from my perspective, I hope that we'll bust that in the next five years and just let women know that all they need is a midlife refuel because they're running on empty when they get to midlife and beyond. And I think, yeah, communication, I'm a huge fan. I think that you can solve everything. I totally agree with Robin. I think communication is it. It rocks. I think we could get a programme together, <laughs> three of us here. <laughs> communication, humour and knowledge. Yeah. I think we've got it all going on here. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work. Brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious.
Marion, what are the specifics actually? Let's let's talk menopause for a few minutes. So what are the what are the key things that you come across regularly that there's a misunderstanding about or I mean I can think of lots of things that I didn't know about, but what are the what are the general things that come up each time? Well, we've done big surveys on thousands of women and we found that in the last survey, only 1,100 women, for example, 96% said that they were taken by surprise by their menopause, mm-hmm. and two-thirds of them said they felt robbed of life as they knew it. And oh. we know that doctors aren't educated. The Mayo Clinic survey showed in 2019 only 7% of doctors and gynecologists feel adequately educated about women going through menopause. And according to Forbes in the same year, it's costing $810 billion globally each year because of lost productivity associated with menopause. And so women are, they're just not given quality science-based information. And most of them don't understand that they can do a U-turn and reclaim not just their well-being, but they can actually get back to feeling better than they can remember. Because very often we go downhill so slowly, we don't realize how far down we've gone until we bounce back up again. So there's a hell of a lot. And and I think the workplace can help enormously because a, a solution by investing in a woman in the workplace, it's going to save zillions, literally, and so will severely influence the bottom line, which will be a win-win situation. So I'm all in favor of natural solutions. And I, every woman I encounter who realizes that there can be a natural solution just grabs it with both hands. And I think that's really important because we have so much to offer as wise women. We just yeah. do. And look at the state of this planet. You know, it needs <laughs> us so badly. It just needs us to pull our wisdom and help. Robin, what? Where do you feel what you do, your end of it, and you're in communications and obviously comedy as well, which I know you and I both think a lot of the same things about that. And there's a lot of older women in comedy as well. We've had some, I mean, we had some amazing women when we did our Around the World event and they certainly weren't young, were they? No, and their their material is, I think, so much more rich, Mm. you know, because of the life experience. They have more life experiences and their perspectives are important. I mean, we are the creator of every human being on earth that exists. So we are the almighty creators. Nothing is more powerful than women, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And if we can um, get out of our own way and not be, you know, not have these things like the hot flashes and all the things that come with menopause, that could hamper us, we can really capitalize on the wisdom that we have, on the confidence that we have. You know, um, there's a beautiful thing that happens as you pass the 50-year-old mark. You don't suffer fools anymore. You don't censor. You know, you're not looking over your shoulder going, oh, did I hurt your feelings? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you upset? You know, not so much. Not so much because... Again, we're up against time and it's time to get things done. I, I do actually agree with that. I think I've hardened up a lot, probably past 60, more than past 50 in my case, because I had a very prolonged menopause. It just seemed to go on forever. And I still don't know if it's over, but there we go. We'll 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 find out one day, I'm sure. <laughs> but I do think it does do something. There's some I mean, I'm sure it's hormonal. Uh, Marion, what what happens in our brains? Does anything specific happen? Oh, yes. Well, there's a lot going on in our body. For a start, our ovary is no longer producing estrogen. So you've got empty estrogen receptor sites. 
And the brain doesn't like that. So it's trying to kickstart the ovaries back into function because it thinks they should be functioning again. And we also know that billions of women have got nutritional deficiencies. And that literally changes the color of the lenses through which you see the world. So hence my midlife refuel uh, (laughs) being so important because I was at Menopause the Musical in Australia signing books one year in the theater. And as the women were streaming in, and that's a very funny show, by the way, if you haven't seen it and you get the opportunity, you should go see it. It toured in the UK as well. Yeah. It's very funny. But anyway, I was listening to the women going through the foyer saying, been there, done that and got the t-shirt. And I was thinking to myself, well, actually, you really haven't got the t-shirt because you're not going to magically feel better after menopause. Menopause is just one day. It's the anniversary of your last period. And then you're post-menopausal for the rest of your life. And you oh. need to learn to meet your needs. And if you do, you can prevent all the nasty little pitfalls. So it's, again, knowledge and communication. So, Robin, let's put our humour hats on here. Okay. So, what? I mean, what's your experience? I mean, I think you and I both have, you know, from different sides of the pond, work with some amazing older women so and and in business as well what what's the things that characterize older women for you in the workplace or just on the comedy circuit on the comedy circuit uh I mean I think of some of the comedians I think are the funniest are the older women who uh they just they hit it right between the eyes over and over again you know they just they're not afraid um and the in the business world uh same thing. Women are, I see them just thriving in the business world. On my end, I'm trying to get them to, to negotiate higher salaries all the time, you know, get yeah. their worth because we are famous for, you know, working twice as hard for half as much and as, as are trying to collaborate and nurture the world, you know, um, we do that a lot. So I'm trying to get them to be more vocal, but women are more ready to do that when they're in their midlife. So it's, it's, I think we have momentum. I think Mm. we have, what I see on the ground is momentum and a velocity, which I don't think will, will turn back. The cat's out of the bag. You know, the period and the menopause talk. Yeah. Out of the bag. Oh, that's interesting. In in terms of your business experience of communications, people will talk about it. They don't talk about periods. No, they (laughs) don't talk about periods. They still don't talk about periods. No, I don't. I mean, I, I'm not in the realm that I'm in with effective no. communication coaching. But there is, if you get a woman alone in a corporate world, you can absolutely talk about that all day long. You know, mm-hmm. women are very quick to jump into those conversations, which I very much doubt men are in the <laughs> men's room yeah. talking about erectile dysfunction. Oh, they probably <laughs> do. <laughs> oh, no way. I don't think so. But <laughs> we might find out. <laughs> we should do a study on that. <laughs> <laughs> Marion, is there uh, anything else that happens emotionally? I think the thing around confidence is the is the the, the nugget that I want to get to because I think we're all in our own way in our different spheres. I'm very much for pushing women to have confidence in themselves, and I think that menopause often affects that quite badly. So, any useful kind of dietary tips or exercises we can do? Yeah, there's loads of things. And I think it does definitely rob women of confidence because very often they're awake half the night and they've got brain fog (laughs) and they're feeling anxious and tired and it's, you know, frayed around the edges. So 
my program, which has been running for 28 years, is uh, I describe it as a pie because it has lots of different segments and it's not a magic pill. So you need to take a bite of each piece. And it includes making dietary changes. So making sure your diet's nutrient dense and that you're having a, a really wholesome diet, don't skip meals, plenty of, and that gets your nutrients back into an optimum range, as well as maybe taking some science-based supplements that help to do that as well, fast track that. And then taking foods into your diet like soy, flax seeds, and some red clover that has been shown in trials to replace estrogen. And you can mm -hmm. literally fool your brain into thinking you've got normal circulating estrogen mm -hmm. again by doing that little and often. And that's why we have so much success. And then yes, exercise. And yeah. it doesn't have to be running a marathon. It could just be putting some music on, dancing, singing out loud, and having a great time and doing some relaxation as well, which formal relaxation, some meditation or yoga, doing that for half an hour a day can reduce your hot flushes by 50 to 60%. Yeah. So really significant. So having Not rushing, having quiet time and just giving yourself a little bit of space while you get yourself better and just understanding that you can, as I said, do a U-turn and get back to feeling really well again. And that's the biggest thing to give women hope that they can achieve that. What's up? This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. What about comedy tips, Robin? Comedy tips. Um, well, you know that laughing studies have shown uh, laughter is like orgasming. And uh, we know that it has very strong physiological effects on the body. And that when we laugh, and you know, you know, you have those laughs where you just are breathless, and you just can't stop laughing and where the laughter builds. When you start thinking about when's the last time I did that? Yeah, you know, it starts to if we graft it, it would probably just go way down because you get more and more laden with life's burdens and seriousness. So I think that you have to think about prioritizing that. And how do you prioritize that? You got to get together with other women. I mean, that's really where we have the best laughs, right? Comparing do, them where you can really talk smack about your kids, your millennial kids, stuff that would like harm them forever if they heard, but you have something else you can share it with is awesome. You know, how you really feel, what you really think. Um, having those outlets, I think, are really important. But I think yeah. we also have to monitor our self-talk. The yeah. self-talk is very damaging. And I think having humor, internal humor with ourself. So um, I often think of very inappropriate humor. And I just give myself permission to, to have a private joke with myself. Yeah. And people will say, well, what are you laughing about? And I know I can't share it. This is totally inappropriate. But that makes it even funnier to me. But that, that's, that's what humor is. I mean, that's, yes. that's what comedy is. It's always it's about awesome. the inappropriate, you know. Yeah, that, so allowing yourself to do that instead of saying, oh, I'm an, up, I'm an uptight middle-aged lady right now. <laughs> I can't say that. I can't act like that. Like when I went into the grocery store and I had to get kumquats and the, <laughs> the, the very young Brazilian produce guy looked at me with this look that I went, oh, Lord, he doesn't know what that is. And he said, what are you asking me for? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Those are funny moments. Of course it is. So, 
That's how the I best a- comedy starts. That's how yeah. it all starts. Sorry, Marion. No, I had a conversation out the blue with, um, I tracked down a girl that I was at school with when I was seven and we were best friends. We were joined at the hip until we were about 17. And I haven't seen her for, well, I was, I think I was maid of honor at her wedding. I haven't seen her since then. But um, we fell apart. Honestly, we couldn't get off. We've had more than one conversation since then, but we laughed oh. like I haven't laughed for years and years and years. And so you're quite right, Robin. I think when women get together and even just reliving old times with your very close friends, there's something so special about that. And it Absolutely. has such a profound effect on you. Absolutely. And, and it's free. It's free. Yeah, you can do it over Zoom now too. Like you have to prioritize it though. You have to prioritize it. Yeah. And you can't force it. I do think women are really good at that old campfire chat. You know, we we sit around. Women's humour is very, I always describe it as very circular because we pass it on. We are the storytellers. That is what we are. Whereas men's humour is much more about, you know, showing off. Banter, you know, all of that kind of thing. (laughs) Is it just a whole different, it's got a different dynamic men use humor really as a it's a competitive thing that's why they're great that's why they're that's why they're synonymous with stand-up but women women are really good at storytelling and that's how our comedy has evolved I think oh absolutely I completely agree with you yeah that's why you started funny women that's why I started Boston comedy chicks that's why we realized when we get a bunch of women in the room that it's there's such power and support mm. and they're able to flower and be hilarious it's hard to be hilarious in a misogynistic oppressive yeah. room okay so when they say women aren't funny it's like they're in fear of their life oh maybe they're not funny here but let's put them in a fertile environment you'll see how funny they are so i have a question for you marion how do we get the awareness amongst the um, male allies, you know, the men in our lives. What, what's the advice there? Well, we have done surveys on men as well. Ah. <laughs> Not so many of the men come to the party, I have to say. And they we felt don't rejected. want them. <laughs> they felt rejected and, and uh, scared, as you can probably understand. But I did um, a global wellbeing webinar for Cisco and, and there were men there for the first time. And there was an wow. overwhelming response from the men because they really have a thirst for knowledge too. They want to know how to support their partners, how to support their um, staff and so on. And why should they be in the dark? They're sleeping, right? Exactly. Well, exactly. Exactly. So we've created um, some little downloads, little films and downloads for men as well, so that they can better support their partners, because I think that is really important. And in my experience, when people journey through it together as yeah. two, then they definitely have a much better time. And it's a win-win situation because the partner gets back the person they fell in love with. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, and it's it could be just lovely to have someone to support you through what is, after all, just a life transition. No more, no less. Yeah. Uh, and we have to remember that men have their own sort of versions of, they don't yeah. have a menopause, but they still have things that happen to them. They suffer from the same sort of emotional stresses as us. I think, you know, we're talking about ageing being gen- gendered towards women, but I think it's just as bad for men as they get older as well. And we, we, all three of us have husbands, partners, 
Uh, and we're, you know, we're, we're experiencing that. So, yeah, I think the more you can talk about it, the better, really. But I, my observation, because I met you at a very serious time in my life after I'd lost my daughter. So you that was, yeah. you know, and comedy was just such a breath of fresh air. And so I think life is hard for some of us, you know, you mm. just get knocked over by things that happen out of the blue. And we need comedy. Do you know, we you do. just need, it's like another channel altogether, isn't it? It's, it's almost like tune, turning your radio dial, the old radio dial, so that you actually tune into something light and refreshing and something that's going to make you feel good, no matter what's going on in your life. Marion, yeah. I'm, I'm so pleased that you brought that up because I, I didn't particularly want to talk about it and Robin doesn't know about it. But do you just want to do a very potted synopsis of what happened? Yeah, my daughter Hester was a 21-year-old medical student and she was at an awards dinner and someone gave her what in the UK was called a legal high, which is bath salts in the US. And coupled with a few glasses of alcohol she had to drink over the dinner, she her respiratory system just collapsed and she died. And I was just so angry and ended up demanding to see the Home Secretary in the UK. And what resulted from that was a campaign, six-year campaign, where I got together 20 world-class experts and we worked with the Prime Minister and his ministers and we introduced a new law and we banned 100 substances and we literally did save countless lives. So it was a, a good thing to do in her memory, but it was very stressful and yeah. uh, you know a bit hard going so comedy for me was just I remember coming on a workshop one of your yeah. workshops and didn't think I could ever be funny but I stood up and talked about PMS oh. and I had people laughing so it was do you know it was it was really good so oh, I'm I, so I, pleased I, that yeah, you, yeah I think everybody should have comedy in their life yeah and I think such a tragedy but you did the most amazing campaign you are an inspiration Marion I have to say and when I came back, I didn't know what to do. So I made four little films for Facebook because the whole world was social media by then and I hadn't done any. And um, I made these four little scary films on my phone. And within 12 weeks, over a million women saw them. So I was kind of, you know, it was like the universe was screaming menopause at me. So that was kind of, I thought, so, okay. This so is that what was I'm the afterlife bit, really, <laughs> is, the, is the, you know, the, the six-year break. And then you came back and there was social media and things yes. had changed. So it's back to the that generation and how we use it, isn't it, for knowledge and wisdom to get back yes. to our topic. Yes. Yeah. So, Robin, that, yeah, I mean, not yeah, such, sorry. you know, I know you've had uh, some ex some experiences in your life as well, um, and that spurred some of the things that you do and the book you've just written. Nobody gets out unharmed in this human experience. Um, no. So but we... But we get wiser. We do get wiser. And, you know, it's it's what we do, what we can do with it. And um, Marion, what I'm sorry for your loss, but what a powerful story that is. That's just an amazing, just everything. I'm, I definitely uh, want to buy your books and everything. That's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you sound so amazing. Um, but yes, my book comes out of, my book is a, is a, birth of love you know you have children it feels like you're giving birth to a child because the book that I wrote was based on life experiences and goes back to what I said before that I think all the pain and suffering and anxiety is caused by communication and if I was to take that one step further it's manipulative communicators it's about 10% of society are manipulative people mm -hmm. they don't know how to 
move about the world in any other way except through trying to control other people and manipulate other people and exploit other people. Where does that begin? Always with communication. You can't manipulate someone unless you're communicating with them. This book was operationalizing those skills so that you can identify it right in the beginning. And in fact, I'm very excited that I think I'm going to be pulled into this global initiative. It's just in an email right now that I've been invited into a world group about domestic violence and its effect on women's health. And they want to come up with protocols for how to prevent domestic violence in the first place. Well, guess what? It starts with communication. Mm. So I'm so thrilled that I've been pulled in to meet with this group and help have be a part of that discussion of how you can prevent that. And um, anyway, it's, it's a big deal. It's all communication is like oxygen. Really. It's, you can't not, not communicating is still communicating. So you're always communicating. I think we're all in our own way. Let's, let's pat ourselves on the back. So I think we all communicate about different things at different levels. I haven't written 28 books, but, <laughs> and I'm in awe of that, I have to say. But. I haven't. <laughs> my, my English teacher would faint if he knew. I think he's passed away now. As long as he didn't pass away because of the books, we're all right. <laughs> so let's wind the conversation up and let's go back to being wise women. And I'd like to just have one, if you can think of one tip about how you have fun at work. I'm going to start with Robin. You're the comedy person. So how do you have fun at work? So it's evolved, but uh, I don't take anything seriously any anymore. It's I put things in perspective. And when you put it in perspective, everything can be funny. That's a good, that's a good way of looking at things. And Marion? I think I try to be friends with my team so that we all talk about what's going on in our life and we swap photos if there's new babies or you know things happening or you go for a walk in the park and you see something really beautiful and to check in with each other as other beings rather than just part of a team that has to do whatever it is challenged with so that's I think that's important but in the workplace I think people would benefit from laughter yoga and doing random acts of kindness because I think those are things that bring people together and lighten everything. And so I'm all for that. Well, that's absolutely amazing. So um, where can we find you? So, Robin, what, what's the best way to find uh, you? You can find me at speechimprovement.com. And on social media? Oh, on social media, I am my name, Robin Galinsky. Robin like the bird, G-O-L-I-N-S-K-I. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. I don't hide from... No, Marianne. you're not hiding. And yeah. Marion, where do we find you? So uh, marionstuart.com is my website. And Marion's with a Y, so M-A-R-Y-O-N. And uh, Stuart with an E-W. And I've got a free midlife refuel club. So anyone can come to that. We have live sessions every week. So I have guest speakers. And um, I'd Ooh. love to invite both of you to come. I was going to say we're there. Robin, <laughs> we've, we have a gig. <laughs> So that would be fun. And um, yeah, I'm on social media under my name. And uh, yeah, you find me hanging around, doing, <laughs> trying to enlighten people on a regular basis. Well, thank you both so much. I think we've, we've done wisdom proud. I think we've done the menopause proud. And uh, thank you so much, both of you, for being with me. Thank Bye. you. Lynn. Thank you for inviting us. 
You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.